Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Racing Only Better. This is where you get your weekend tips. We're going to point in the direction of some winners. And before I go any further, do not forget to watch us on YouTube. Get a little involved in the comments section. Dan wants to hear from you all, specifically <laughs> Dan Barber-related comments, please. And I'm joined, as always, by the usual gang of Kevin Blake, Tony Calvin and Dan Barber. Um, Kev, quick check-in with you. How are you? I'm excellent, Vanessa. If I was any better, it might be illegal. So, great wow. form. Wow, okay. That is a punchy start. TC, can you match that? Nope. <laughs> and, uh, what about you dan you look like you're in the local estate agent about to sell a two up two down to yeah i'm, I'm moonlighting <laughs> you, you inspired me the other week when you're going from room to room and i've had a career change so this will right. be my last appearance on the pod fair fair right well let's go out with a few winners then uh, we've obviously got a bumper race card at cheltenham to look forward to and on no bumpers thank god movie. No, okay. And, Wait till um, the low song gets involved. And <laughs> some action from Doncaster as well to dissect. But before we go any further, it's over to what's our theme tune here, Captain? Where to watch with Tony Calvin? It's raining, man. Go on, TC. What's the weather situation? Is Cheltenham going to be on? Will we get racing this weekend? Tell us all. Um, yeah, well, I spoke to a local this morning, first thing this morning, and he said Cheltenham may be in a bit of bother. He said there's still frost in the ground there, uh, which is backed up by the um, the subsequent BHA update. It's still uh, soft, frozen in places, and they are expecting maybe minus one on Friday night, and if they don't get the frost covers down and the frost out of the ground beforehand, they might be in a bit of trouble, so... Uh, it's I was gonna... just so assuming it was on because it's warmed up. No, right. look, there's an exchange market up, and like I said, I he just said we could be in a bit of bother. I just thought, yeah, okay. Um, and the current betting is 1.61 uh, to be on and 204 uh, not to be. So uh, it's not a given. It's going to be on. So fingers crossed there. Um, over at Doncaster, it's currently a positivity uh, up. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but look, I can reveal. I can reveal, Tony. Before we move on to Doncaster, that we, we shouldn't share, you know, inside information and all that. But Barry R said in our WhatsApp group, it's one oh one to go ahead. So one point <laughs> six one must be one of the greatest bets of all time. <laughs> oh, no, Get on, lads. Clear the line. I was amazing. Talk to Barry R if it gets caught now. Amazing. Look at the mark. He hasn't wiped it. If he's that confident. Yeah. <laughs> Might be, but it's happened before, before this is published. <laughs> Don't mention what Barry's latest message on the group says, though, however. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Uh, go on, TC. Right. Quick, quick word on Doncaster weather. We're all good. Uh, Doncaster <laughs> is going to be good ground. They're watering. Uh, Donnie's probably not the best track. Grass cover's not all it should be. So that could be pretty horrible ground because it's been that's been frozen there as well. So... Yeah, soft ground at Cheltenham, good ground, possibly at Doncaster. Oh, sorry. Good to know. Um, right, let's kick on with Cheltenham action then. It's the one did you Did you have yourself muted there, Vanessa? Yeah. That's that's one thing I wouldn't associate Vanessa Ryan with, muting herself. <laughs> the only reason I did that is because... I. I mean, as as people will see, see, this is why you should watch on YouTube. You will notice that I'm in a different location today. <laughs> that is because I'm staying at someone's house. 
They just let the dogs out. Dogs started barking, tried to be professional. So Barry Orr doesn't give me a bollocking as always. Tried to hit mute, hit mute, don't unmute myself. It looks nasty. like a Halloween background. It's weird. The backdrop's like Halloween-y. I'll pass, that on. I'll pass okay. that on. Okay. Yeah, Bedfair, yeah. Bedfair needs a commission of Vanessa Ryder reality show because I would watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought yeah. it, I thought it was 101 shot Dan Barber was going to start singing Who Let the Dogs Out There but yeah, yeah. <laughs> close yeah Vanessa's reality show I think people would be surprised in different ways but anyway the 120 oh, at Cheltenham the Albert Bartlett Clarence House Chase the rearranged race Energumine goes up against Edward Stone Energumine 8-15 with Betfair Edward Stone 2-1 to one. Uh, and then we've got extras in there now as well including Editor G at 11-1 to one, Fulham Bill Savola at 33s Amarillo Sky 50s and Sizing Poxies at 100 so it still is it remains about the top two in the market who should we start with? No one's looking keen let's start with Kevin um, how does this I mean are our views on this race the same as they were prior to Ascot is this an argument to lose? Where are you looking here? I have a view that Ascot would be more an argument's track than Cheltenham. Okay. Um, he's not as, he doesn't seem to be as bad as he used to be, but an argument does jump to his right. Um, and, did, you know, did do from an early stage of his chasing career. Um, they rode him very differently at Cheltenham. Um, I, like I didn't think it was his best jumping performance in the champion chase. They, they dropped him in and he obviously won very well, but sure, look, what did he have to beat in the end? Um, race went to absolute tatters um, with Shakan and Shishkin going by the wayside. Um, so look, if you if you like Edward Stone and you think he might be able to shake up an ergamine at some point, this might be the time to have a crack at it. Um, Edward Stone, I know, comes in with a bit of a blob next to his name after doing what he did last time. Um, but look at the odds. It's not, it's, it's not a terribly appealing betting race to me, Vanessa. But if you put the old gun to my head, uh, put your finger on the trigger and say, pick um, at the odds, it, it would be Edward Stone. But it would not be a bullish view at all. I wouldn't be surprised if an argument just makes heavier weather than might be anticipated. Watch out for him jumping to the right. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. Okay, Dan, your thoughts on the rearranged Clarence House? Yeah, I'm also interested in Tony's views on this from an anti-post perspective as well, because is a bird in the hand better than two in the bush, so far as this is concerned? Because you could back Edward Stone at two to one with the same Cheltenham doubts. He's nine to four for the champion chase, which he obviously won't be. The comparative prices for an ergamine are eight to 11 for the champion chase, eight to 15 for this. And I... I think you go for the former. I'd already backed him anti-post for the champion chase. Not much bigger, 5-2 to two and 11-4. to four, But 2-1, to one, when I think the doubts about an ergamine being as effective around Cheltenham could still be valid, given the egg and spoon that that champion chase became last season. I mean, the second and third are sort of jumped up handicappers to a large extent. And Shishkin, who was odds on for that race 12 months ago and clearly didn't perform whatsoever and was never going from the start, I mean, he wasn't even entered in the race this year, so it did fall apart. Um, I'm not saying he hasn't proven his well-being since because he was good as gold in his reappearance, but I'm a huge Edward Stone fan, as everybody knows. I absolutely adore the horse. He's really solid. With editor Dejit in the race, you're going to get a proper proper gallop, we hope, this time around, which is what he thrives off. We, us three lads saw him 
him at Sandown in the flesh when he won the Henry VIII last season under those circumstances, and he excelled in a Tingle Creek, kicking Grenatine out of the way. That's probably the only the second mistake of his career he made the other day over fences, and I'm firmly in his camp to upset an Ergamine. And somehow, again, a year on, Dan, you managed to get a little side jibe in there that us three lads saw him at Sandown that you, day. You were, we late, you were a big... Vanessa. You were a big deal transfer, weren't you, at a later stage, though? you All the marketing budget, etc., went on you. Fair. That is a fair comment, yeah. Uh, TC, do you agree with what Dan's saying? I didn't listen to him, actually. Um, sorry. Right. Help. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, I even addressed you at the start of it. Yeah, I was, I was just about oh, to say you were literally no, called I, up I, at the I, start I, there. I did. I, was, I, I did. Yeah, about the anti-post angle. Yeah, the prices for this race are pretty similar to the exchange. The exchange prices of this race are similar to the exchange prices for the for the champion chase, really. I mean, currently at the time, Edward Stone's 3.15 and um, Anerga means 1.62. Um, so they're pretty much similar, uh, obviously, with other horses factored in. Um yeah, I think the prices are just about right, aren't they? What if I was going to back one of the two, uh, and I don't really fancy Eddie De, De Geek, Um, You know, and we shouldn't. We, we should remember that Fernando Similar is finished second in the Champion Chase as well, so he's not a forlorn hope. Um, mm. Yeah, I'd probably side with Edward Stone if I was going to do. I was going to do anything here, but uh, yeah, I, I think we're, we're in danger. I know Shishkin blew out, but I think we're in danger of underestimating that. You know that Tingle Creek win because he did win. He, he he won with his head and his chest there. And Grenadine went into that race of a career best rate one hundred and seventy one. You know you could you could argue that Edward Stone's current rating does underplay that performance. So yeah, I if you I'm not going to have a bet, but if I was going to have a bet, I'd probably play two Edward Stone to, uh, against uh, an Ergamine. But okay, the non betting race. Non-betting race. Well, let's move on to the 150 then. Should we stick with you, TC, uh, for this then? Surely this is a betting race. This is the handicap chase over the two miles, four and a half furlongs. Um, Il Rodoto is your 92 favourite for Paul Nichols, Harry Cobden, fugitive in there for Gavin Sheehan and Richard Hobbs at five to one. Your darling, I love this horse for Tom Cannon and Ben Pauling at sixes, Brave Seska. Uh, Charlie Deutsch, Venetia Williams, eight. A very, very competitive. Surely, if that wasn't a betting race, this is, TC. Yeah, um, I put up your darling earlier in the week, anti-post. At 14, Come on, TC. Yes. At four, I put him at, uh, at 14 to one. Uh, it's now into sixes with a sportsbook. I mean, that is, the sportsbook are completely ducking them at sixes. They are still, a, there's still some nines and tens around. And I imagine he'll be towards that price when only on the exchange. But the sportsbook, if you want to play each way, the sportsbook are playing five places. Yeah, the case for your darling stands from from the article I wrote on Tuesday. Um, uh, he slight doubt is that he was pulled up in the novice uh, novice handicap on this card last year, but that clearly wasn't his running. Um, he came out and that, that first time out win at Ascot. He just won with his head in his chest. He won by four lengths, but it could have been 14. Handicapper put him up £10 for that. And he was a, he was smashed up uh, when he um, when he went to Kempton last time over three miles. They they put him up in trip there. But he plainly didn't see out the trip there. Uh, I'm not sure he got the best run of the race either. He was in behind, not travelling as well as he did at Ascot. But I'm going to put that down to 
the trip. He did trade under even money and running there when he was coming around the outside, but his run petered out and he finished really tired. You know, he's back to uh, extended two mile four here. They've dropped him a pound for that non-staying effort. Um, yeah, I I think he's got a lot of upside. Um, you know, Ben Pauling, um, he's still going at 40% with his strike, uh, strike rate with his chases this season, which is just phenomenal off a mm. fairly big sample, 36 winners over, over fences. And crucially, I mean, it's, it's owned by the Vestes, this, and they're very keen, apparently, to get it into the plate. Now, he's rated 132 at the moment. Uh, he'll need to go very close here or win to go up to ensure, uh, a, you know, a place in that race. You have, got in the, you have got in the plate off a mark of 132 in the last two years. But in the previous six, you've got nowhere near it. In 2020, you had to be rated 140. So, right, yeah, it'll be off for his life here. Um, and Love it. As long as the ground isn't too testing, which is another possible uh possible downside um yeah i think he's handicapped to go very 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 close here back in track. okay your darling for me and you then uh what about you kev yeah brave shashka for me um yeah. unexposed to the mid-range trip um absolutely well, won very well um his first try at, at Aintree back in december oh, Phoenicia day wasn't it <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And he was impressive there. Um, went to Cheltenham then, and, and yeah, just slightly funny, right? Like it was written quite negatively. I think it never really got into it. Like I, I know that's the way they rode him when he won at Aintree. Not, not quite so exaggerated, but um, that was his first try at the trip. They know he stays now. Like you don't have to go back too far in his form at all to see him winning. You know, when disputing the running and be bang up there. Um, so I'm hoping they return to more positive tactics and not saying he has to make the running but I don't want him to be too far off the pace ideally um, and I could see him bounce back he got a pound back for that run at Cheltenham um, needs a career best but I could certainly see him doing so now based on the style of what we saw at Aintree um, there's a chance he might prefer a track like Aintree over Cheltenham but um, I, I'm prepared to take a chance on him at the price he is so brave Shashka for me sounded, okay. like, sounded like you had the spirit of the games in the house with you there nicely done nicely done tc uh go on dan add another one into the mix it's competitive enough surely you haven't landed on the same ones of tc and i am i am going to my initial thought was the your darling coming back in trip as as the main angle because i mean he's a horse who's promised the earth since his very first run on a race course when he was won a bumper um but my niggle is it remains the case that all these wins are fresh off layoffs of six months or so, five months, six months. His reappearance win was sparkling. I'm just not, given it, knowing him, I'm not that convinced that it was entirely the trip. So I was looking into that fugitive Chepstow form and I just thought the swing at the weights meant Silver Hallmark was overpriced at twice the odds of, of the reopposing fugitive. I can see him making up more ground. John Joe got a good tune out of him and... No reason why he won't do the same. Okay. Different votes from all of us then. Just Welcome before we move on, I will put up another yeah. good mention in, uh, in now, where or then. Crawford had um, two in this race and he relies upon that. Sportsbook of best price 16s about that one and did really well to win over two miles last time. And it, I think his three mile form would do start and sounds rushing at air last season. Suggest, uh, you know, this trip might be, might be his optimum, but he hasn't okay. been out for a while and the ground might be an issue, but yeah. Okay. 
We move on to the 225. This is the Paddy Power Cotswold Chase. Of course, it's the grade two. And I'm so looking forward to this. We've got Protectorat in here at 13 to 8, Noble Yates at 7 to 4, Ahoy Senor 6 to 1, Frodon 7, Sounds Russian 10s, and Dusart at 12s. Like all the horses that come into this Kev have differing profiles and are interesting horses in their own right. This is a I'm I'm buzzed for this race, just putting it out there. Yeah, strong race now. Um more to me, more appealing as a spectacle than, than a betting race. I think it's fair, very tricky. Fair. Um, look, you'd be surprised if they didn't go a fair a right gallop here, um, with a couple of you know pace pushers that we have in the race. And uh, look, protector at I'd be leaning towards. He's obviously very close to the betting with Noble Yates, but we know a bit more about protector at in, in a race like this. And in fairness to him, like when he's on, like he's very good. And he was very much on in the Betfair chase. He was very much on at Aintree last year. And I, I just, I'm just leaning towards him only narrowly. Um, I think the way the race will like is likely to pan out will play to his strengths. Like at the end, like he finished third in the Gold Cup despite kind of headbutting the last fence. Um, and I'd say he might just have a little bit too much class for Noble Yates at this type of trip. For all that Noble Yates was quite good um, last time. So I'll take my chance for protectors. I, I thought he'd be clear fav, to be honest, and he isn't. So that makes up my mind. Okay. What about you, Dan? Are you of the sort of opinion like Kev that this is much as a sort of interest viewing race as it is a betting race? Or have you found an angle in here? Yeah, I think I am. I'm actually, I don't really like stuck record. I actually think there's a bit of mileage in backing Noble Yates for the Gold Cup prior to this at seven to one. Because oh. I do think Aintree showed that he's a really credible contender. That surge between the last two was otherworldly, wasn't it? And I do think he's got loads of ability. And I'll lie that with the fact that there are a few holes in others in the market. And if he, he's seven to four to win this race, if he goes very close, I don't think the sevens will last. I'm actually slightly offended though. If I could get a match bet in this race for um, to get Froden beaten by one of the two horses that are bigger prices than him, I'd do it. What? Why are Sounds Russian and Dusart not short than Froden? And if I was going to do anything on the day in a day of race market, it would be small stakes. Those two, Sounds Russian and Dusart, old rivals met each other at air last season when Dusart pulled it out of the fire. Dusart's had just one run over hurdles, but I think he's got loads of potential still. And Sounds Russian has been really progressive. It's purely a price thing, but surely Frodon doesn't go off a shorter price than those two. If he does, there's a lot of sentimental punters out there. <laughs> I think there are quite a few, yeah, Dan. Um, come on, TC, how are you playing this race? Um, Sounds Russian is... I haven't had a bet yet. I mean, Sounds Russian opened up at 14s. Uh, on Thursday morning uh, with the sports book that lasted not very long but they're still top price tens sound Russian and that's the price on the exchange and that's as Dan said I would agree that's probably too big um, you know he's got he's got effectively got eight pounds to find with Noble Yates on their many clouds running but you know that handicap performance of the role of Merrick last times was a I think was a big step forward from that He's only three pounds off protector out on time farm ratings. Yeah, I mean, like I said, he's, wow. he's getting he's getting six pounds from protector at, and uh, I think that that tallies with the official uh, you know market this weights. Uh, yeah, I think sounds Russian is probably overpriced with the sportsbooks ten to one. If if that's still available when you listen to this, they are top price about that. But against that, you know, it's it's that price on the exchange as well. So yeah, protector at would be my most likely winner, but sounds Russian is the bet at the prices or the current prices at 10 to 1. 
Okay, terrific. On we go to the three o'clock. It's just good action after good action at Cheltenham on Saturday, as long as it's on. On to the Cleve Hurdle we go, the grade two. Uh, Paisley Park up at the top of the market, five to four favourite for this. Gelino Bello next best, Paul Nichols 11 to four. Dashiell Drasher at seven to two. TC's Antipose Fancy for the Stayers Hurdle. If you listen to Mondays, weighed in, footsteps of the festival. Uh, Botox has at 11s, Molly Ollie's Wishes, the mayor in there at 11s as well. Gold Tweet at 25 and Lord Accord at 50s. That's the full field rundown over the three miles in the Cleve, Kev. Um, does Paisley Park win again here? I'd say he probably does. Um, oh. I'd say he probably does. Look, he's he, he's an old boy now, but look, he's very good around Cheltenham. We know he retains a, a fair chunk of his ability and there looks to be decent pace here. You know, we know look, he's just a bit slow and he, he ideally needs a bit of pace in front of him. And it looks like he'll get it. So um, I, I, I just think he's better than, than these. Like, I like Dashiell Drasher. Everyone knows I does. But um, for all TC's fancy for the stairs, I, I don't know if he wants this sort of test of stamina um, in a perfect world. I just have a slight question mark. I think mid-ranges or slightly more than mid-ranges might suit him a little bit better than staying trips. Um, and I just could see Paisley Park probably looking in a little bit of trouble coming down the hill, but um, dragging it out of the fire. Uh, to lift, lift the roof at Presbury Park. Okay. I, I I mean, I'm all for that result, um, but I wonder if it's just a bit deeper than him just being the best in here, Dan, but you were nodding in agreement with what Kevin was saying there. Yeah, if I if I went against Paisley Park, it'd be like turfing out one of my daughters, I think. I absolutely love <laughs> the horse and I've done for years. Um, and look, the calibre of opposition, is there really lows to be scared of? And I'm like, Kev, I don't think because there's this remaining slight stamina question, perhaps for Dasha Drash, I don't think they'll ride him differently. I still think they'll be aggressive on him. They're the tactics that bring out the best in him. Botox has is a potential fly in the ointment because he's obviously taken very well to three miles. But winning a handicap off that mark, he just pulls apart from what Paisley Park has been doing in, in graded company. Yeah, I'm... I think he'll win. Trouble is, you're back in pre-race. You know you're going to be able to back him bigger in running. So that might be the sound recommendation that you try and nick a bit of threes, seven to two. He might even go. He might even go a fair bit bigger than that, uh, even though everybody knows his style. Yeah, those are fair comments. So the two boys are for the old lads, Paisley Park TC. Where did you land? Did you find value elsewhere for us? Are you sticking with Dashiell Drasher? Yeah, I am. But yeah, uh, on Paisley Park, I mean, he's obviously hits the flat spots, and he always hits double figures so there'll be a lot of Betfair exchange traders out there laying in pre even if they fancy him they'll probably be laying in pre-race you'll probably have to go to maybe six to four I would imagine uh to lay in pre-race because everyone would probably have the same opinion get him in get him in the book at six to four and just stick a blind you know stick a blind back in whatever price you want whether you want to be defensive go threes fours fives just on that quickly, TC, he went eight to one in running the first year he won it. He never really went above his bet for SP the second year. And last year he went 48 in running before he, winning it. So it was it was in this race last year. Yeah, he nearly refused, didn't he? He basically nearly refused. But yeah, I mean, yeah. like I said, even you know, even at kind of like Kempton that are like, you know, he's like I said, he you know, he's massively odds on to trade bigger than his his starting price. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, you know, there's plenty of pace in this race. Um, which would, would would suit him, and it probably you know it's not ideal for Dashiell Drasher, but Dashiell Drasher doesn't have to lead. Um, you know, if I fancy him for the stairs, albeit at twenty eight to one, you know, I, you know, I, I backed him at twenty eight to one, uh, non one and no bet. 
But yeah, I mean, I have to fancy him here, six pounds, uh, getting six pounds from Paisley Park. He's a clear standout second on official ratings at, the, uh, at these weights. Um, he's only got four pounds to find with, with Paisley Park. And he's around about fours on the exchange at the moment, and that's what price he's going to be. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm all over him at fours. He, I think he's comfortably uh, the better of the day, and that's probably oh. given away my nap a bit early. But you know, the stamina I do take. Uh, however, you go back, you know, he was finished second, uh, just beating a Nats, I won't say it, um, over two mile six on heavy ground in the Fleur de Lise at Lingfield last season. Uh, he was second in the many clouds over three mile one. Um, and I just think, you know, that that many clouds was his best career effort over fences. And I think that running the rail kill over two mile four last time was probably his best hurdles effort. So even at 10, I think there's a fair argument that he's still improving. Um, yeah, I think four to one's a standout there. Okay. Okay. On we go to the 335, the two mile four and a half furlong. What a car this is. No, no, so it's good, terrific, isn't it? Isn't it? Um, the Ballymore Novices Hurdle <coughs> trial. Henri the second for Paul Nichols again, Harry Cobden, nine to four at the top of the market, giving way to way all around off the back of the grade two win at Sandown when we last saw him. Pembroke. Next for Harry Skelton and Dan Skelton, five to two, stepping up in grade. Lenkinsop in here for Henry Daly and uh, Hugh. You nearly said Henri Daly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thierry Daly. Henri Daly. Henri Daly. <laughs> Very good. Um, <laughs> and uh, can you call Evan Williams, fifteen to two? Those are just the top four in the market. Uh, Kevin, for calling me out, you don't get to start on this one. We go over to Dan first. I am uh, the master of this ship. Cross uh, quality race. This, I mean, the card's just mind-blowingly good. I wish I was there. It'd be absolutely brilliant. Um, I think Blankensop is. I'm mean, slightly concerned that he's not. I mean, Tom O'Brien got a really good tune out of him. Last time, Hugh, Hugh Nugent's back on and unable to claim. But he is just a real coming force, this horse. He's from that family that Henry Daly's had loads of winners with. Some of them Please have been... Please call him his proper name, Henri Daly. Henri Daly is... Um, <laughs> what's Daly in French? Daly. He's the most least French person you're ever likely to hear or yeah, meet. absolutely. He... Um, he I mean, he's handled this horse brilliantly. He's from that family. Some of them have been absolute lunatics, haven't they? That Go West young man who used to run off the track all the time. Uh -huh. But he was saying in the podcast in the week that this is the most precocious of that family. And he's six and only just coming to himself now. So it says a fair bit. He, he suggested that he wouldn't be going to Cheltenham. But this horse is just a real coming force for me. He must have been absolute certainties running off low marks earlier in the season. I thought there was a bit of a pace bias at Newbury that day to because of all the kickback on bad ground on New Year's Eve. And he just cut through the field and took care of them. And I'm happy to believe that he's ready to take the next step up, Hope, hoping for a strong gallop to bring his stamina into play under a patient ride. Okay, go on, Kev, take it away. Let you have yeah, Sorry, I'm, I'm giggling away to myself here. <laughs> a favourite brief site, no, 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 famous, famous story going back quite a few years. <laughs> what? Uh, a famous story going back a few years where... Um, uh, what what do we say? Um, a, a very young, wet behind the ears um, person in the the racing media uh, rang up Jar Lines after he'd had a big winner, and uh, they were mistaking the under, under the belief that Jar trained in France, and they rang and asked for Gar Leon. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. 
<laughs> and I don't think Gar was very happy. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, look, look, I don't look. There's a couple of grade two novice hurdles that we're going to go through here, and I, I think they're probably taking away from each other a little bit. There was double entries, and um, neither would be the the highest quality affairs. Um, I think that's just a statement of fact. I like Blenkinsop, um, and our Palavares for for, for 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 the man. Um, Henri Daly um, did us a favor at Newbury last time, and to me, like watching him, I, I just think he's he's he extracts the urine. This horse, mm-hmm. um, he he's very idle in front. I think that they, they ride him, um, they ride him good and patiently. When he gets there, I think he he only does enough. Um, I thought that was a good performance of one twenty three last time. Look, this is people will look at it and say, God, it's a big step up, but I actually don't think it's a giant step up in class. Um, like top rate, it's one thirty three. Oh, sorry, one thirty six here. Um, and I think he'll be good and competitive, and I think he's he's a bit overpriced. Um, so I'm hope hopeful that on top French trainer Henri Daly can can have a big winner here. Okay, two votes for Henri. And um, what about you? Henri. 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 It's du quotidien. Right. the pronunciation. <laughs> What? <laughs> Henry du Considian. Um, I, I bet Henry Daly does affordability checks on his mates. If you're not worth, if you haven't got, you got haven't got ten noughts <laughs> after your name, you're not my mate. <laughs> um, I think Pembroke's the right favourite in here. Five to two is a little bit short, but currently eleven to four plus on the exchange. A very impressive him at Ludlow under a penalty. The one I've backed um, and. I think she's overpriced, is Bonte. Um, 25 to 1, uh, uh, knocking about. 20s with a sports book. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, she's got really good Cheltenham bumper form. Um, two wins, and only a second to Queen's Gamble. Very, you know, very, uh, very exciting prospect. And probably wasn't given the best ride that day either from, from well off the pace. Uh, obviously, she needs to improve massively on her second uh, at Lingfield on a hurling debut. But again, she's just looked all stamina there uh, over two miles, which shouldn't be surprising because she's by Westerner uh, out of a two-mile six winner. So I think the step up in trip will suit the only mare in the field, getting a seven-pound allowance. The bumper form entitles her to a lot more respect than uh, hurdles run first time up. So, yeah, I think the market's underestimated her at... 25 to 1 or 20 to 1 plus 20 is fine. Okay. Dan nodding, agreeing. You see, TC, that's a that's a um man who actually is listening to what you're saying there and reacts accordingly. Just yeah. polite, really. Just cur- common courtesy, really. It's just it's just basic manners, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't get Henri de Cotidienne behaving like that. I know that. Much. Or Gurley. You, know, <laughs> you know I listen to you, Dan. Oh, <laughs> it's a loving, really. Um, before we move up to Doncaster, everyone, do not forget the Betfair offer on Saturday. Bet 10, get 10 on racing multiples this Saturday. I have a £10 bet. Get a free £10 bet back on racing multiples. Uh, do read the show's description for the T's and C's of said offer. Um, let's move up to Doncaster, where we, I think, will hopefully get to see Epitont at 2-7. to seven. Uh, another Hugh Carhill price in the Yorkshire Rose Mare's Hurdle, the Grade 2, the 205 at Doncaster. 
over the two miles. And as you would expect, everything else in here is rated about a stone and a bit lower than her. Martello Sky is next best in the betting at four to one for the Lucy Wadden team. She's got the cheap pieces on for the first time. But if Epiton shows up even in half decent form, Dan, and gets okay-ish ground, then... So this is a walkover, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think the ground's that big a deal, really, V, because no. even even her soft and heavy ground form, even if it's not up there with the very best, the likes of the dead heat in the in the fighting fifth with not so sleeper would be enough to win this okay. one. They, it seems to bode, doesn't it? Maybe it's opportunities that the mare's hurdle is going to be her race at Cheltenham, the fact they go in this path. Right, okay. And TC, have you found a different way to play it away from her? No, we haven't got the without betting. I probably might uh, side with Galice Mercalo over Martello Sky in, in without betting, but without prices, we can't have an opinion. Okay, Galice Mercalo is currently 12 to 1 in the full market for the Jane Williams team. She's going to uh, win what, by miles, isn't she? She's what about you, Kev? Do you have anything to add other than just Epiton wins or any? No, not really. They've, they've had a fair touch now with that, that race been called off. Um, last week they were all going to take her on in you know and they found a much weaker event and much more suitable ground and yeah the, there's pace in the race she's just going to sit stalk and slap her around a bit in the straight isn't she easy yeah it would seem that way sorry we just don't feel very unenthused on it as a betting uh, proposition clearly but I'm looking forward to seeing Epiton and I'm glad that she's getting a run out in a race that hopefully she should be able to win Um over to the River Don, please. The novices hurdle, grade two, over the three miles and half a furlong. This is a race that in the past hasn't been, hasn't thrown up absolute belters. But still, uh, stay away, Faye, is up at the top of the betting for Paul Nichols. Lorcan Williams taking the ride up at Doncaster. Paul, five to two. Maximilian for Donald McCain. Brian Hughes at seven to two. Um, Grand Soir for John McConnell, who won it last year at 11 to 2. Ben Harvey in the saddle. The Wounded Knee, Patrick Neville, Tom Midgley, 11 to 2. Twig, 6 to 1. And bigger prices really thereafter. Dan, we'll start with you here. John McConnell could win it again, couldn't he? Yeah, he could. And he's got a stayer on his hands and a really professional horse. I often think that's the way to go in this race. You know what, what Doncaster's like, even on quickish ground, they end up racing from the top of the home straight and it can become a a proper war of attrition this race. One horse I think will be suited by it is Adalco Bihui. I'm not sure about my French pronunciation, but I bet it'll be better than yours. <laughs> in, that, um, in Nigel Twisted Davies' horse, made a successful debut at Worcester and then ran behind the very exciting Hermes Allen. Again, looking like stamina was his strong suit. I like the wounded knee as a horse. He He's progressed through the handicap ranks. Terrible name, that, isn't it? Like a massacre. Native Americans, and we're going to name a horse after it. But um, yeah, fairly weak. Adalco Bihui in this for for the Twisters. Okay, tentative bet in the River Don from Dan at a bigger price anyway. Adalco Bihui is fifteen to two currently. Um, TC, where did you land here? Dan, you you said you like it as a horse. Would you would you rather prefer it as a zebra or something? No, I, I mean I don't like it as the thing that it's named after. Presumably, it's just quite unsavory. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Turner uh, used to used to ride a zebra, didn't he? That was great. He did, yeah. He did, yeah, yeah. He had a winner it was, last it was, year because the um, <laughs> the the thing about zebras is that the the everyone would say they can't be broken in. It's impossible. 
And Bill Turner to prove him wrong got hold of a zebra and put up a picture of him riding a zebra. He wrote it to the pub. If you Google it, yeah, you'll find it. It was nuts. I mean, it's a black and white issue, isn't it? Whether you should be doing it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Rumors that he just painted Comments up a donkey with, with black and white stripes. Um, are unsubstantiated. Um, <laughs> we've, we've, we've went to a few random places in the podcast this week. We really have. Yeah, we really have. I think um, Grand Soir, I think, probably should be favourite. So I think 11 to 2 Ooh. is very, very fair. Um, our tweak is interesting from Ben Pauling Jards, won this three times in recent years, but I backed Hurricane Bay at 25 to 1. Um, it did make me laugh actually. I saw he was ridden by Eddie Edge claiming 10 last time, and yeah, that must be uh Peter Norton at the ethical edge's brother, <laughs> isn't it? Um, no, I, I was quite it's... disappointed with him at Huntington, but I think the, the winners come out and the winners come out of one. Uh, since and obviously um, there was an inexperienced jockey on him that day uh, and the previous form over over two mile five he has worked out well as well but the seconds come out and, and actually gagged out now he does need to improve on on that kind of form but like I said all his all his recent runs have been working out really well and he just looks like a stayer to me you look him winning over two mile five here thought he might be in trouble and then he went away again um and um you know even uh, even last time he was coming back a bit more under the ethical edge last time at, at hunting <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah, I, I believe he won i believe he won the scoop six and has since retired from being a chucky um yeah anyway um yeah hurricane bay 25 to one okay Big swing. You were struggling to not laugh then, weren't you? <laughs> you look like you were struggling to stifle a laugh. Oh, I like it. Yeah. If you know, you know. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever seen I've seen him in you know the Eddie Edge in, in the form book, and I just immediately thought of Scoop Six and the <laughs> and the, yeah. Oh, um, Lord. Kevin, what about you in here, please? Yeah, Grand Soir to, com- to, oh. to continue our French team. Jesus um, Christ. Yeah, much in the same, much in a similar theme to a, to, to Blenkinsop. You know, I think this fella is an absolute Mickey taker as well. But uh, as Dan mentioned, like he just stays forever. Like he stays longer than the modern law, that uh, as the couch might say. Mm-hmm. Um, he because if you watch him at Thurlis, like he was finding two mile seven at Thurlis, you know, to well, the track more so than the trip was just too sharp for him. He was off it like a long way out. And he only really started the rumble in the straight. And when he got to the front, he just started. He just his ears were pricked from before the last to the line, bone idle. Um, you can pick at the form definitely. Like, look, the third has come out and been beaten in a handicap of one fourteen, and the second's been um, was beaten at Warwick in a handicap hurdle as well. So look, it's not electric form, but I just think there's much more to come from him. Um, this ground is what he wants. They, they want nice ground from, and I think track like Doncaster more of a galloping test um, will play to his strengths as well so while it's difficult to put your finger on just how good he is I think he's better than he's shown so far and he comes in with a rating of 131 so um, he won't need to improve loads I don't think to go and win this so it could be two years in a row for that man John McConnell Nice, wouldn't that be special? Um, on to the 315 at Doncaster I was actually at this meeting last year for Sky Sports Racing it seems to have been demoted this year but because I'm now, it's now coming back to me. This was actually a very enjoyable day. Um, Skybet Chase was won, of course, by Windsor Avenue, who is currently the twenty to one rank outsider. 
of the field for this year's renewal. That's for Brian Ellis and Ross Chapman in the saddle this time. He's 20 to 1. But up at the top of the market, GA Law in here for Jamie Snowden and Johnny Burke is the 5 to 2 favourite. T for free, Lily Pinch and Charlie Longston, 11 to 2. Captain Lord, Jack Tudor, Christian Williams, of course, in here, 13 to 2. Cloth Cap, 7 to 1. For Brian Hughes and John Joe O'Neill this time around, Mr. Coffey, Nikki Henderson, Sevens. Um, very competitive fair. Dan, we'll start with you again here. Um, but given that the horse that won it last year is the rank outsider, it shows you kind of like the cases to be made for everything from the top of the market right the way down. Yeah, I suppose it says a bit about how Windsor Avenue's gone since as well. He's lost a lot well, of consistency. Fair. I'm half, This is really unoriginal. I'm half tempted to back the two standout progressive horses against the field, Gala and T for three. T for free. I just think they, they go in places and most of the others are stuck in neutral. Gala, I think he'll be fine over the trip. This looks weaker than the race he won at Cheltenham. Probably far weaker. Likes a Midnight River Il Rodoto behind. And T for free has just been progressing through the handicap ranks, tanking and jumping well. So, yeah, unoriginal, but I'd be happy to take slight odds against that one of those two wins it. Is it Gala? Yeah, I'd say Gala, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, go on, Kev. Who do you fancy here? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like like they had to be patient with him. He he got hurt there, obviously, in the middle of when he was just starting the boom. Um, but he's been very good twice this season. And like for me, I was very impressed by him at Cheltenham. He like things didn't go right. He got messed about with a couple of times, and he still managed to run down French Dynamite, which was a fair effort. And that run and the run before to me would suggest, yeah, you're ready to go up and trip. And, you know, while he has whatever it is, eight pound rise to overcome, like there's definite scope for him to do better again over this trip. And like Dan says, plenty of these are stuck in the mud mark wise. The handicapper is trying to help a few of them out as best he can. But I just think Gala is bucking forward um, too quickly for them. And uh, everyone knows, Vanessa, I love a top weight in a high quality handicap chase. You do indeed, you do that. You haven't ventured far from that. That's fair. TC, are you going to give a more original view than the top two in the market? Yeah, I'm going to go with the same horse, but I've had a different betting angle on it. Okay. Now, looking at this race this morning, and I thought Garlow's going to win this, isn't he? Do I want to back it at five to two? No. So I ended up backing him at 66s for the Ryanair. Oh, 33 to one money uh non-runner money back before we started this for the for the reason is i mean if he wins this off our mark of 150 um he's you know he, and he could actually dot up here for the reasons that the lad said mm-hmm. and he's going to go into ryanair territory uh he's also a gold cup entry but i don't think they're going to go up that far in trip with this horse i mean if he wins this they must be they must look at that ryanair and be really really tempted um, to actually go down that route and that Ryanair could, like I said, if Alaho doesn't run and you know the likes of Blue Law could go champion chase, you've got it could go really, yeah, I mean, it could just yeah. actually fall apart. So I think that was the angle into this. And uh, so I, I looked at the sports book price and they were actually, uh, they must have a line into my head, which is probably not advisable because oh. they, were, they were they were only 20s, uh, um, Garlor for the Ryanair. So they're obviously thinking the same way I'm thinking. And yeah, that's that's my angle into this race. I did toy with cloth cap, but again, it's the sportsbook are giving an extra place, but they're only sevens cloth cap. But again, I can see why they're dodging that one. It's down to a mark of 138 now. That's the lowest mark he's been off since he 
won the Hennessy by 100, <laughs> 136 by 10 lengths. And he ran a lot better than he looked last time because he was still in front in the beach at two out. Um, and if Doncaster good is generally good ground on Saturday, then he's got to have his conditions. But the only problem is there's five other forward goers in the race. So he might not be able to get on the front lead. And um, and he's also uh, ridden by Brian Hughes, who I never back. Which shocks me and the podcast listeners, I would imagine. But I'd rather have Eddie Edge claiming 10. Eddie, Eddie Eagle Edge. Edwards. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, that wraps oh. up. That wraps up the tipping for the show. It just remains that we need to do our naps, guys. Naps, naps, naps. TC, you've already mentioned yours, so reiterate yeah. your points. Dashiell Drasher. Dashiell Drasher for you. I'm going to go your darling, six to one at Cheltenham in the 150, please, following in TC's footsteps with that tip as well, but he's my nap. TC, I'm sure you'll be proud of me for that one. And Dan, um, who's your nap, please? I'm going back to the top. Edward Stone, please, to beat Anergamine. Fair. Uh, head and heart for Dan there. Loves the horse. And Kev, your nap. Grand Swah for John McConnell and Ben Avi. <laughs> I agree with like all of those. Au revoir. Oh, you're leaving? No, no, I'm just speaking French. <laughs> <of interest. laughs> right, we're done. That's Dan because he's got to get out of the estate agent's room that he's currently <laughs> renting. Um, no, look, that does wrap up the show, everyone. Don't forget, please watch us on YouTube and get involved in the comments. <sighs> We will read them because we're supposed to engage in the comments. And Dan likes it when you comment on anything from his height to his accent. His hair. <laughs> accent? I've never heard that one. Just, or the fact he's got multiple jobs. Um, please do get involved. In the so meantime. many jobs. <laughs> in the meantime, guys, don't forget to gamble responsibly this weekend. Enjoy it, but gamble responsibly. And join us again on Monday for Wade In, where we'll be back to review all of the action with this rowdy bunch, except Dan, because he's not welcome on Mondays. It's a goodbye from us. <laughs>